We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Part of what makes this podcast so special is the ability to talk to you about the things that are important to you. You can help me do that by, of course, telling me more about you. All you have to do is go to mylistenerstudy.com to take a short survey about who you are, what you're listening to, how you listen, and you'll even have a chance to win a Google Chromecast. Don't worry. The survey only takes a couple of minutes to complete, and it's completely anonymous. We just want to learn a little bit more about you so we can make your listening experience even that much better. That's listenerstudy.com. And if you're feeling lucky, enter to win that Chromecast. Once again, just visit mylistenerstudy.com. And thanks again for your help.
Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. That day, of course, is April 6, 2016. My name is DJ Trainer. You can find me on Twitter at TrainerDJ, and I'm joined by the one and only Benny Ricciardi. You can find him on Twitter at BennyR11. Of course, you probably know this by now. The podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Audio Boom. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. The NBA season, Benny, is winding down. We've talked about it. It's a little bit exhausting at this point. Um, playing DFS is, is tough. It, it's admittedly difficult. Um, keeping up with the season-long leagues, obviously you're either in the championships or you won or lost already, um, I would say, for the majority of leagues. Um, with MLB season already here, um, we're in the midst of MLB season. It's tough, isn't it, to, to keep up with the, the changes because we're starting to see Lots of guys you've never heard of, seeing considerable minutes, and lots of players who you know were mainstays in the starting lineup are starting to rest up for the playoffs, or if the season's already done, like with the Sacramento Kings, they're just trying not to get hurt. Yeah, I think the first thing I want to say is, if you're in a league that is still playing meaningful season-long games uh, this week, you should fire your commissioner today, because you, know, you, you need to think ahead about that stuff, because the end of the season like this... You know, you get guys resting, you get guys who are a little bit banged up that have nothing to play for, that just sit out. You know, most of your league should have been done by now. I know the championship game in the, in the big league that I was in was actually last week, and a couple other ones actually finished a week earlier than that. A uh, few of them I was still alive in, a few of them my season finished a few weeks earlier than that. But, you know, that's just a public service announcement for next year. Don't go in a league with somebody who still hasn't gone until the last week of the season, because. Like you said, it's so tough right now. You know, we actually were joking about it before the show. You set a DFS lineup early in the morning, and by 6.30 tonight, half those guys aren't playing. Half of them you have to pull out because there's some value play that's $3,000 who's going to get 35 fantasy points for you. And then you wind up with $10,000 left on the table, and you're like, well, what's the point of playing this $6,000 guy when I can upgrade him to Russell Westbrook or, you know, Kevin Durant or James Harden or somebody like that? So you, you kind of get a lot of roster construction that looks exactly the same, and it's just it's really tough to uh, to take down anything and, and play any games at NBA DFS right now. Yeah, motivation is is the main main thing to look out for um, at this point in the year. Or I should say it, it's just as important as matchups are at this point in the year. So, uh, Benny, we're not going to go through all the games last night. We had an abnormally large Tuesday slate because. Uh, just a reminder, there were no games on Monday because the NCAA National Championship game, so they just kind of stuffed them into Tuesday. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about the games where there was motivation and things on the line. So games like Cavs versus Bucks, that was a snoozer. I watched that one because I, uh, I have made I made a pact with a friend who's a Cavs fan to watch all four of those games, and we did it. Um, but it was a snoozer. Pelican Sixers, not a lot going out there. Here's a game that was interesting. Charlotte Hornets still still competing for that three seed in the east raptors seem to be locked into the two seed um although they have an outside shot it's still toppling the Cavs. i don't think it's going to happen 96 to 90 um pretty good game here you had all the starters play nobody was on the bench i would say al jefferson is a tough one for me benny because his points 
or his production per minute is great. And so last night, 20 mm-hmm. minutes, five points, 11 rebounds, four assists. The only problem with, with playing him or utilizing him is you're never going to get that breakout performance because he's just locked into such a limited role, and it doesn't look like he's ever going to get out of that this season or maybe ever again in Charlotte. You know, I think part of the problem was he was hurt for a good portion of the season. I'd be in, I'm interested to see if they keep that up in the playoffs because, like you said, he is a good permanent producer. When he gets in there, he's grabbing rebounds for you. He's scoring for you. He gives them a, you know, a true post presence that they can go down there to. But I agree with you. I mean, even even right now, he's still only playing 20 minutes a game, and at that small amount of minutes, it's very tough to get the, you know, value out of him that you need, even with him being a cheap price on a lot of sites. So. You know, I, I agree with you. I think it can change. Like, I think next season, if he comes in healthy, you know, he'll be back. Because this was a guy that was playing 30-plus minutes. And, I mean, this used to be a slow-down team where they just kind of dumped the ball inside to him. And everybody else played off of him. You know, with the addition of Batum this year and, you know, Marvin Williams taking a step forward, they've become something different at this point in time. Probably something better. But I do still think that there's a role for him on his team. I just don't think that we're going to see that 20-minute thing change. So, don't expect it to to change overnight, at least not until the playoffs come. And even then, it's something that I'd watch before I you know, started rolling them in my lineups, expecting it to happen. Yeah, most definitely. So if we take a look at the contract of Al Jefferson, this is his last year in Charlotte, assuming um, you know that he's not re-signed there. He's making 13.5. He's the most expensive player on their roster this year. Um, he can probably go get 13.5 somewhere else in free agency. And what I want to warn people about is while he's had, you know, kind of a cold season because of injuries, like you mentioned, Benny, Benny and coming off the bench late in this year, if he goes to a team where he's starting and he's seeing 30 minutes next year, I mean, he's going to go too late in some drafts. And I think he could be a valuable sneaky option that could help you win some leagues next year. But that's only, of course, if he's on the right team. Because as we've seen with guys like David Lee, like Al Jefferson, like Greg Monroe in Milwaukee, the back down, post up, offensive players are really kind of not fitting into today's NBA. Now, I don't think this is going to be a mainstay forever. But you know, over the next couple of years, guys like Al Jefferson, Lee, and and Monroe are going to have a hard time consistently starting for really any NBA team. Do you think that that's? Do you think that Al Jefferson one can? find a new team where he can start and play 30 minutes a game next year, I guess would be the my initial question there. I mean, there's always a situation for that. I mean, Elton Brand is playing 20-something minutes a game <laughs> right now for Philly. So if, if you fall into the right situation, yeah, it's always a possibility. But I think the other thing that you said that's kind of interesting is, you know, everybody is, you know, people always say the NFL is a copycat league, but the NBA is kind of the same way. People yeah. are, are looking at the way that this – um you know, Golden State team plays, you know, fast pace, sharing the ball, and everybody wants to play that way. I mean, that was the reason Sacramento fired Mike Malone. They wanted to get somebody in there that would run up and down. That's the reason they're trying to change everything that they do there as well. The problem that I have with this is, you know, nobody's going to be able to do it better than Golden State because they have the personnel to actually do this. So all these other teams that are trying to imitate them, the thing that they're finding is that, you know, you, you need the kind of players that Golden State has. And I know everybody wants to do that, but I don't think there's enough of those kind of guys around where all these teams can do that. So eventually somebody's going to have to figure out a way to beat Golden State. And maybe the way to kind of do that is to play a slow down kind of game and dump it inside and, 
you know, try to uh, try to control the game that way and, you know, keep it a little bit lower scoring like we've seen some teams do to beat them already. You know, you had a team like uh, Minnesota who just beat them last night. You know, they got two big guys that they roll a lot and Dang and, and Towns in there. So, you know, there, there's always going to be a counter to what everybody's trying to do. So if you're able to find the way to beat Golden State, that's going to work against all these other teams that are trying to beat Golden State that aren't that good with it. So I think there's still going to be roles for these guys. I think the biggest problem that they have, though, is with everything being wide open, all the guys that you kind of mentioned, none of them are really guys that can step out and guard the pick and roll, which is a lot of what this league is becoming as well. So I think if you're a big guy out there and you want to make it to the NBA, I think you need to work on your uh, perimeter defense a little more than you ever had up to this point in your life. Fair enough. So if we look at the results, of course, the Raptors win 96 to 90. The Raptors are locked into that two seed. They have 25 wins, whereas the next there's three teams with 32 losses. So uh, they would be locked into the two seed. The Hornets currently are the sixth seed in the East. They'd be facing the Hawks if the playoffs started today. The only issue is that the Hawks have 32 losses, and then you go down to the Pistons, who have 37. So all of those teams in between could, you know, it could end up like anything. So specifically, Specifically looking at these Hornets, they could be the three seed or they could be the eight seed when it's all said and done. So they still have a lot to play for. So if you are targeting DFS, you know, look at your uh, Kemba Walkers, your Jeremy Lin who played 40 minutes. I saw him posted up in a couple winning lineups last night, 21 mm-hmm. points, four rebounds, seven assists, a steal for him. You know, it, it goes, I mean, you can't say it enough times. Motivation is so important at this point in the year in terms of DFS. We'll keep it moving here. Um, uh, Pistons Heat was another game that had some fantasy, or not fantasy, but uh, playoff implications. If we're looking at that Eastern Conference, the Pistons right now have a two-game lead over the Bulls for that eight spot, even after that loss to the Heat last night, 107-89. to 89. The Heat right now are locked into the, or not locked into, I need to be careful with my terminology here. Uh, Heat have right now the fifth seed, and they'd be going up against the Celtics. Again, That's they're part of that mix that could end up anywhere from three to eight. 107 to 89 here. Hassan Whiteside continues to come off the bench. One thing I've noticed, if I'm going to look at this Pistons team specifically, Benny, is that since you've had Tobias Harris move to this team, you've seen Reggie Jackson's numbers go, go down. You've seen Andre Drummond's numbers go down. But Tobias Harris is, is playing a little bit better than he was in Orlando in my eyes. And Marcus Morris is also playing a little bit better. Now, don't look at last night's game because he yeah, only gave you a, a, just a little <laughs> bit. But on the whole, he's he's been a lot more valuable in DFS and some season-long leagues I had him in. Um, that worked out well. Um, I think for Drummond, it's because teams are hacking him and Van Gundy takes him out of the game immediately. I think that's the issue there. But for Jackson, I think that you know he's just not seeing as many touches because Harris can take the ball um, and, and do some good things with it, and they're not necessarily relying on Jackson to initiate the offense. Um, have you noticed that as well? Yeah, no, I have actually. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson's price has come down along the way with it as well. But the thing that I don't really think Reggie Jackson's playing bad, though. I think what was happening is earlier in the year, they needed him to do more, him and Drummond. So both of those guys were, you know, taking probably an above above average number of shots and probably more than they should have been because they needed the offense. But now that they added Harrison and Morris has stepped up as well, I think it's a little more balanced. If you look at the box score on a nightly basis, they got five or six guys that every night are going out there and putting up between 27 and 35 fantasy points, which is 
you know, good for the guys like Harris and Morris that are a little cheaper in like the, you know, the 5K range, but it hurts guys like Drummond and, you know, Jackson who are 6 or 7K because that same 35 points, you know, is only 5X value for them as opposed to 7X value for the guys at 5 and 6K like Morris and, and Harris are. So it's not that he's playing bad, it's just that he's not trying to do too much right now like he was earlier in the year. And that's going to have an impact on his fantasy numbers. So I still like Reggie Jackson. I still think he's a pretty good player. And I think it makes them a better team overall that they have a little bit, you know, a little bit more diversity. But it definitely hurts his numbers. You know, even a guy like KCP is getting a few less shots right now, whereas they kind of relied on him to be a big scorer earlier in the year. And he had some really good games for us. I think all these guys are right around that, you know, 30 fantasy point range, basically on a nightly basis now. So you kind of want to pick and choose, you know, which which spots you want to use them in. Yeah, most definitely. We've seen KCP go off. Even recently as well, we've seen Morris go off. Um, last night they combined for three points. The breakdown of this team, Tobias Harris, of course, is taking over for Ursan Ilyasova. And Harris is probably a better defender and a better offensive option. I mean, he just... He just is, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and so Harris has a contract to prove it. He's making $16 million this year, 17.2, 16, and then 14.8 in the 2018-19 season. And so, you know, he, he just provides a lot more offensive touches. And, and, and I think, you know, that, the good breakdown on the whole, Benny, in terms of it being a balanced attack now. And I think that's what Van Gundy wants. You don't know where it's going to come from. You kind of exploit the matchups when you have them and not necessarily relying on the point guard, point guard matchup or the center, center matchup night in, night out like they were at the beginning of the season. Interesting thing, if you're looking at their contract uh, uh, situation, Josh Smith. Yeah, Josh Smith, who's in Houston right now, is the second highest paid player, not only this year, but on next year as well. Actually, Reggie Jackson will topple him. $14 million this year, $14 million next year. So that shows you how badly Van Gundy was ready to part with him, that he's the second most expensive player on their payroll. Not, you know, a, a pretty amazing when you look back on that. Yep. Um, so uh, good team, probably going to be pretty good over the next couple of years too, assuming they keep this core. They're not going to lose anybody. Um, they've got their major players locked up for the next couple of years. Andre Drummond has uh, looks like a qualifying offer next year as well. So look for them to maybe solidify a place in the playoffs a little earlier than they did this season. Looking at the Heat, uh, anything that you want to talk about here? I mean, this has pretty much been a standard breakdown of the box score over the last month for this team. We have Amari Stoudemire only playing 14 minutes, not giving you much, but Joe Johnson, Dang, Drogic, and Wade kind of right in the middle of the road here, 11, 12, 22, and 16 points respectively. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to probably see Wade really kind of take it easy over the next week. You know, yeah. they want to they want to make sure that he's good for the playoffs, and he's been banged up and missed a couple games recently. So I don't think they're going to push it too much with him. So DFS wise, I think that gives a little bit of a bump up to guys like uh, Goran Dragic. Luau Dang usually has a little bit of a bump up when Wade doesn't play too. He he takes a little more of an offensive load. So for the last week or so, I think that's something important because, like you said before, they are still kind of playing for their seeding. You know, if they lose the rest of their games, I think they're still locked into the playoffs, but they could wind up with the seven or eight seed and a you know matchup that would be much tougher in the first round than if they can stay in the you know three to six range and and play you know one of those other teams that's in there. So that's something to watch out for. You know, I I have no problem with Whiteside coming off the bench. People get all bent out of shape about this. It's actually good for him because when he comes in off the bench, 
he gets to be the predominant scorer for the end of the second quarter, the beginning of the first quarter. And then when they're in close games, he plays most, if not all, of the first half anyway. And then does the second thing in the second half. Um, does the same thing in the second half. He'll come in at the seven or eight minute mark of the first quarter. And then if it's a close game, he doesn't come out. So he'll play the last 17 or 18 minutes, you know, until they get into like a free throw shooting situation. And then and that's usually when they pull him out of the game. Um, so, you know, I have no problem with it. He's still getting us double digit rebounds. The fact that he plays with the second unit means the scoring's up, which is the big thing that's been helping his fantasy value. He's always been a guy that got a lot of block shots and a lot of rebounds. But with this year, with his scoring being a little more consistent, you know, now he's giving us that consistent double-double with three or four block shots. And, you know, you're easily getting the 35 to, to 50 fantasy points out of him. So in the close games is when he tends to play over 30 minutes. That's when you tend to get the 45, 50 fantasy point performance out of him. And the games where they get into blowouts and they only need him 25 to 27 minutes, you know, he usually misses out on that end of the fourth quarter rotation. And, you know, those are the games where he gets you like 35 fantasy points, which is still okay. But at his price, I think it's getting a little a little tough to stand some of the, uh, you know, the, the floor games as opposed to some of the ceiling games. Yeah. And if you watch last night's game on the broadcast, they, they made it they made it seem like Spolstra. Um, was pretty content with the way things are working out right now. So I think for the remainder of the season and maybe even in the playoffs, you're going to see that as well because it's it's just working out for them. I would make the argument, Benny, that um, as long as you're not going to face up against the Cavs and the Raptors, and I think you basically alluded to this already, anywhere from the 3 to 6, obviously you want home court advantage, but for the, the Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, um, you know, however they match up, they might they may end up choosing rest over home court advantage, especially for players like Wade. And, I, you know, I don't think uh, home court advantage does mean something, obviously, but I, I don't think that the Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, uh, any of those teams have anything over each other. So I, I, I don't know. I think uh, that Wade could rest and everyone would be just fine with that if they slot into the five or six seed. Then I don't think it's ma- it matters as much as maybe it has in years past. Uh, the Hawks get a win, and so they remain as a three seed in the East, 103 to 90 over the Suns. The Suns actually led this game for um, for the majority of the game, actually until the third quarter. Uh, Hawks end up pulling out a nice win there, like they should, obviously. Uh, last interesting game, or there were a couple more, but obviously there was one big interesting game. But the Bulls lose to the Grizzlies. The Bulls are on the outside, outside looking in right now. Uh, they are two games behind the Pistons for that eight, speed, eight seed in the East. The Grizzlies snap a six-game losing streak. And if you look at their playoff spot, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Believe it or not, they're the five seed. And what that win did last night, it probably assured them a place in the playoffs. Now... Mm-hmm. I think was there four, four, three, four, five games left, depending on which team you're looking at, and they hold a three-game lead over the Jazz. So as long as they eke one more out, I think they're in. Um, it's just a matter of their seeding. But I mean, this Bulls team. I mean, after losing this game to a starting five that had Randolph, Anderson, Barnes, Farmar, and Allen, uh, they deserve to be outside of the playoffs this year. I would say. Yeah, I'm not going to waste too much time talking on the Bulls. They are two games out of the playoffs right now with, I think, four games left to go. But they have not looked good recently, um, and they don't control their own destiny. I mean, they basically need to win out and hope that one of the teams in front of them with 41 wins winds up losing two games. So it's not going to be – and even then, they'd still only be tied. So it's not going to be an easy road for them. But Memphis, this was a huge win for Memphis. 
because Memphis is basically sitting in the five seed, but there's five or six teams there that still have a chance where if they would have lost out, and I mean they were on a six-game losing streak already, so it's not that far out of the question to think it. If they would have lost the rest of these games, you know, they theoretically could have missed the playoffs. So this was a really big win for them. I think they either need one more win now or they need one or two of the teams behind them to lose a game or two, and it's it locks up their place so they control their destiny a lot better now than they would have. But, um, you know, this was a huge win for them, so they're going to be in the playoffs. I think they want to Get- try to keep winning too because if they don't, they're going to wind up with a first-round game against either the Clippers or the Spurs, which everyone's trying to avoid. And get this, Benny. So right now they're locked into the five seed where they'd play the Clippers in the first round, which is probably who you want to play. You don't want to play Thunder, Spurs, or Warriors, obviously. You'd rather play the Clippers. But you look at their four remaining games. It's against the Mavericks in Dallas. They play the Warriors, Clippers, and then the Warriors again. So that might be the hardest schedule Ooh. left. So, yeah. yeah, we talk about that win. Like I, I'm, I might have jumped to conclusions. We both might have saying that they might be in the playoffs now. Those are four very losable games um, down the stretch here. The funny thing that me and, and Waylon talked about on yesterday's podcast is that if you're the Clippers, you would much rather face the Grizzlies than you would the Trailblazers in that 4-5 matchup. So they have every imp- I mean they have every reason to throw that game the second to last game of the season if you're the Clippers and that's still shaping out um like that. So I I don't know. It, it could be could be for some interesting gameplay. Doc Rivers could end up, you know, just resting everybody, um allowing the Grizzlies to kind of make the playoffs and hopefully solidify that 5 spot cuz of course you want to play the Grizzlies instead of the Portland Trailblazers. Well, they're the they're tied for the five and six seed, right, in wins, but I think they're a game ahead in the loss column Memphis. Right. So, you so have, technically you have Memphis is half a game ahead of the Blazers right now. Okay. So then we have Utah has thirty nine and thirty nine, Dallas is thirty nine and thirty eight, and Houston is thirty eight and thirty nine. So I think the the game that Memphis should be getting up for right now is this Dallas game because if they win that game, that puts them at forty three wins with everybody having three games left basically and then they would pretty much be locked into the playoffs so then it would just be a matter of seeding for them sure. and like you said there's a very good chance they lose especially now i don't know if we're going to get into it i figure we will at some point with the golden state and minnesota game mm-hmm. now that minnesota beat golden state golden state needs to win out if they're gonna if they're gonna try to get this record that they're talking about Right, and so here's the thing. I've, I've been saying it all season long. This is if you're the Warriors, this is not how you want to enter the, enter the playoffs. You have the one seed locked up. Ideally, you'd be resting guys. Now, the argument has been made against me. Well, they've been resting in the fourth quarter in the majority of their games anyway. So I get that. But ideally, you're resting your players. You're not like stressing yourself out in the final four games of the season to get there. What if they do lose? You know, what if the Warriors do? Because let's just get into it. They lost to the Timberwolves last night. Let's just say they have to win all four to beat the Bulls' record. Um, let's say they lose a game and they, and they still have a shot to tie the Bulls' record. Do they stress themselves out and try to tie the record? Or do you think at that point, you know, cooler heads prevail and they realize that championships are the most important thing? Well, I was just about to say, my question to everybody is always, how high up would you put if they go and they they would go seventy two and ten or let's say they let's say they win out and they go seventy three and nine for the rest of the season and then they lose in the second round of the playoffs how high up on the echelon of best teams ever are they to me they don't even crack the top ten because if you're gonna have a discussion well I, no I like it I like have, it I've been yeah. saying this all season yeah like if you're gonna have a discussion about this was the greatest team ever 
Well, they lost in the NBA in the NBA you know playoffs that year. That 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 destroys the the whole argument that you're going to make. So I don't really think that it's. I wouldn't do it at the expense of you being in line for a playoff run. And everybody says, "Oh yeah, blah blah whatever." Well, what if Steph Curry goes and rolls his ankle in the fourth quarter of a, of a, a meaningless game that isn't going to change your playoff seating? Right. Guess what? You're probably not getting out of the first round if that happens. So is it really that important? So I don't know. I mean, that's the way I see it. But they took a vote. Uh, somebody was saying the other day they took a vote and the team wants to try to go for the record. So it looks like they're going to be doing it. But it's, you know, people even say like, oh, well, they've been resting in the fourth quarter. But yeah, but the idea is when you're playing the grind of an NBA season for months and months and months, everybody's playing with little aches and pains right now. It would be better for you to take a week and let those things kind of heal than to go out there and keep taking those same aches and pains and bumps and bruises. You know, you want to be 100% going into the playoffs because even the playoffs with the way it is in the NBA is a grind. I mean, you got to win. You know, you could be playing six, seven game series, three or four of them before you even get to the finals. And then you're going to have a, you know, one that's 110% intensity for six or seven straight games in the finals. You know, you want to be 100% before you go into that if you want to try to win a championship. And the remaining four games, as everyone probably knows by now, you have the Spurs tomorrow on Thursday. Then you play at Memphis on Saturday. Then it's a back-to-back. So they travel from Memphis to San Antonio to play San Antonio again. And then they finish out with the Grizzlies. So Spurs, Grizzlies, Spurs, Grizzlies. What a way to end. Um, I tell you what, this Grizzlies team is hobbled. Their starting five is terrible. But they have the grit. I mean, they have these gritty guys on their team like Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Chris Anderson, um, Matt Barnes that – I think that you'll have to get over those guys' dead bodies before the Warriors will break the record. I don't know. I think I think those games are going to be hotly contested against the Grizzlies. And I, I'm really hoping that – I don't know what I'm hoping for at this point anymore because I, I, I don't know what I'm hoping for. But I tell you what, if the Grizzlies go into that last game of the season with the Warriors and they have a chance to knock them off, I mean it is going to be one aggressive game and it's going to be the exact last thing the Warriors need heading into the playoffs is playing – two games against this Grizzlies team where the Grizzlies are going to be out for blood. I mean, they're going to take it so personal. Now, do you think the Spurs, I kind of said this the other day, is I think Pop's going to try to win one of these two games and he's going to sit everybody in the other one just to kind of, you know, send a message to to Golden State before they go into the playoffs, like maybe, you know, kind of mess with their head a little bit. Like, I think if he plays them and they win the first game, he'll sit all the starters the second time out. Um, if they lose the first game, I don't know. I think he might let the the starters play the second time. But I I think, like you said, I don't think it's going to be an easy path for them to get there. And I really don't think it's a smart thing to do to try to chase this record. You know, if you go 60, what, 70 and 12 or something like that, and you win the NBA championship, people are still going to talk like you're one of the greatest teams ever. I don't think people are going to be like, oh, well, the Bulls had two more wins in a regular season. Right. You know, you're you're going to be in a question. Like I said, if you lose in the second round of the playoffs, you don't even get your name brought up in the discussion. So yeah. I, I think the bigger picture is where I would be looking right now. Yeah, fair enough. And what, what a way. Spurs, Grizzlies, Spurs, Grizzlies. Can't wait. I think, just to give my own personal take, I think the best thing that the Spurs can do to get in the head of the Warriors and to kind of trip them up and to mentally stifle them or whatever 
is for to take the record away from them. I mean, the, the Warriors have been banking on this record all season long. If you can take away something from them, the Warriors finally, for the first point in this season, can feel like they didn't succeed at something or that they're you know they're they're facing an uphill battle. I mean, if you can mentally fatigue them or you know just I mean just. Now, I don't want to say embarrassed, but if the Warriors don't end up, it's going to be a little embarrassing for how much they've talked about it all season long and openly talked about it. I think that's the best chance the Spurs have at toppling the Warriors in the playoffs is mentally just stress them out before the playoffs even begin, and they have a chance to do that by beating them in the regular season and taking away the best NBA regular season record of all time. Benny, I do want to talk a little more playoffs, um, but before we do that, just a quick word from DraftKings. Um, MLB is starting up, so feel free to head over to them and play some MLB action as well. Um, of course, you can compete with people from around the country for big prizes. If you like a promo code to start for your first time, enter Rotowire or Roto Hoops to play for free on DraftKings, the official partner of Rotowire. That's promo code Roto Hoops or Rotowire at DraftKings.com. Now, things have changed. Obviously, over the course of the season, Benny, and we're not going to spend too much longer talking about this, um, but the playoff picture is starting to shape up a little bit. Are you as confident on the whole that the Warriors are a lock, not only to make it through the West, but to win the whole championship? I mean, mean, to win it all. Because at this point, I think everybody is is second-guessing them a little bit. Um, Do you fall on that same train of thought? I mean, I have never thought they were a lock to get there. I think they're the favorite still. I think they have the, you know, they, they would be the team that if everybody was even money, I would want to put my money on. But I don't think they're a lock by any stretch of the imagination. They're going to finish with the one seed, which is good, because I think there are three elite teams in the West. Obviously, the Warriors, the Spurs, and then the Thunder are the three that I'm talking about. So by finishing with the one seed, you wind up with a, a second round matchup against the winner of probably the Clippers and then... I'm going to assume Portland winds up getting there, but it could be somebody else. There's a couple teams that have a chance. But, you know, I would much rather play the Clippers or Portland in the second round than have to go up against either San Antonio or, or Oklahoma City, depending on which side of the coin you look at it from. So I still think they're going to have a very tough game in the Western Conference Finals against either one of those teams. Um, I think for them, they would probably rather play Oklahoma City, which is a strange thing to say because I feel like the Spurs you know, kind of have their number and have that championship grit. I'd probably rather face OKC if I was them, but I by no means think they're a lock to get there. I do, however, think that if Cleveland, who hasn't really looked all that great to me lately, is the team that comes out of the East, I think whichever one of those teams winds up coming out of the West is going to be the one that wins it all. Fair enough. Uh, Now, I think it might be jumping ahead of yourself here. I think that the Warriors... I, I mean, I think if they're if the Warriors would rather play the Grizzlies, Trailblazers, or Mavericks. However, what it looks like, and obviously this can change, I think that there's a legitimate chance they could be faced up against the Jazz or the Rockets. Now, the Jazz are a very good defensive team. We already know that, and they've dealt with issues with Derek Favors having back issues and missing considerable time. Rudy Gobert missing considerable time. Alec Burks is slated to come back and join this Jazz team here pretty soon and provide a scoring punch off the bench. 
Rodney Hood, second year in the league, is is going to be worldly. I mean, if you're looking at dynasty keeper rankings, he has absolutely soared up those rankings this season. There's a lot to like with this Jazz team, and I think that they are kind of hitting their stride towards the end of the season because this is you know one of the first times all year that they've been healthy, somewhat healthy, I should say. Now, the Rockets, any team that has James Harden or Dwight Howard on it is dangerous. And while I think the Warriors can obviously beat both of these teams in a seven-game series, I wouldn't sleep on the Jazz or Rockets to steal a game or even two from the Warriors, especially if the Warriors are mentally fatigued or even physically stressed from trying to chase this record over the course of the final four games of the season. And not any four games. We're talking Spurs, Grizzlies, two of the most physically and defensively imposing teams in the league that we have that they could be facing. So I don't know. I I think that essentially the Warriors are kind of going to put themselves through like a a play-in playoff series over these four games. And they'll be heading into the opening round just mentally stressed, mentally fatigued. The question for me is whether the Jazz, Rockets, or Mavericks can kind of jump on that and prey on that or if the Warriors will just kind of hit their stride and get things rolling against those. I don't know. I think it'll be a tough first-round matchup for the Warriors. I don't think it'll be an ideal matchup for them in the first round. I don't think that they're going to sweep whoever that they play. If they play Houston, I think Houston will definitely grab a game or two. If they play Utah, it'll be a really tough series, and I think Utah can grab a game or two. But I don't think either of those teams, even with them being a little fatigued, they're going to beat them in a seven-game series. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Looking at this Eastern Conference, um, I've I've been on the record saying that the Raptors down to the Wizards, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards beat the Raptors in a in a seven game series. Now, do you think that this is as wide open as it is um, from two to two to eight or two to nine or two to ten? I guess although Bulls and Wizards are are probably out of it. So two to two to eight, we're talking Raptors, Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, Pacers, Pistons. Is there one team in particular out of those out of those seven teams that you think uh, you know has any has any reason to believe they're better than anybody else in the East? I mean, the the simple answer to your question is no, because I, I kind of agree with you that everybody's pretty even here. I think Atlanta is playing really well right now, so they would probably be, you know, one of the teams that I would think could could get hot and make some noise. You know, the Raptors are the second best team. You know, they have the second best record ahead of all these other teams that we're talking about here by six or seven games. So I don't think that happened by accident. They have a very solid, well-rounded team, but... They rely a lot on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. If anything should happen to either one of those guys, and I mean, we've seen Lowry kind of go in and out of the lineup a lot lately, and he's a little guy that, that plays fearless and takes a beating. So, you know, by this point in the season, I I expect him to be pretty banged up. I like the fact that they're kind of sitting him out a little bit, and I would like to see him kind of sit out, you know, almost till the playoffs start or at least play kind of kind of sparse minutes because they don't really they're not really going anywhere here they would need cleveland to lose the rest of their games and they would need the win out i think to even have a chance to tie them so you know at this point i think they're they're they are where they are and they should be kind of letting people rest they would be the two best teams i like boston because i think brad stevens is a good coach so i think that he can always help them steal a game here or there which is something that's big in the playoffs um, but I, I like you said, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think any of these teams are really that much better than anybody else. I mean, Charlotte's been solid this year. Kemba and Batum, that's a good combo. Miami picking up Joe Johnson just gives them, you know, a little another experienced player and a little more depth all around. So 
they're all good. If you told me any one of these teams beat any other one in the series, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked about it. Although I do think Toronto beats up on, you know, whoever they get, whether it's Indiana or Detroit. Fair enough. I, I tell you what, I do not want to be a four or five seed in the East. I would rather be, obviously I would want to be a three, but I would rather be a six or, uh, I would rather be a six or a seven seed, I guess. Because I, I just do not want to face the Cavaliers in the first sec- or second round. I only want to face them in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, if it comes down to the last day uh, and I'm sitting in that five seed, if I'm a team in the East, I will gladly lose that game, fall down to the six seed, play whatever team is the three, and, and move on from there. I, I think that that's uh, – I don't think that's outrageous to say. I think you want the Cavs as late as you can face them. And even then, you're probably doomed because I think they're going to turn it on and make it to the finals. Um, just briefly to look ahead at today's game, Wednesday uh, like we alluded to it really is it's it's tough out there to create a lineup this early in the day and then you know realistically have the same lineup come lineup lock um, we have been talking about motivation all pod long so the teams that I've I'm looking at right now that have motivation to play tonight and you know far be it for me to question somebody's motivation to finish out their you know their job that they're paid to do but I mean, let's let's be real here. Um, some teams have more to more to gain than others. Pacers going up the Cavaliers. Um, it looks like the Pacers probably have a spot in the playoffs, but again, they'd rather face the Raptors than the Cavs. So they might have something to play against. They are playing against the Cavs, which is which is pretty funny. Um, Pistons going up against the Magic. Um, also, the the main game where we have two teams really competing, I think that desperately need to win is the Rockets against the Mavericks. Yep. And the, yep. And so that'd be my main game where you're going to see a you know your big game players playing big time minutes, and then the Trailblazers fighting for to topple Memphis to get into that four or five seed matchup going up against the Thunder. But if I'm you know if I had to put a, a lock down where players are going to see their season averages or above their season averages in terms of minutes, it's that Rockets versus Mavericks game and I really don't feel comfortable about saying that about any other else team besides those two tonight. Yeah, and that's, you know, you make you make a great point right there. What we're looking to do here when we talk about motivation is find the teams that are not only going to be trying to win, but that are going to allow their starters to not only play the full amount of minutes they normally do, but maybe even play more. You know, if you notice over the last week or two with Houston fighting for their playoff lives, We've basically been getting 40 minutes a game out of James Harden. And we, you and I talked about this last week on the podcast. You know, he's a guy that scores about a fantasy point and a half per minute. So when he plays 35 minutes, he gets you 50 fantasy points. When he plays 40 minutes or 42 minutes, that's why we've seen him put up a whole bunch of 60 fantasy point games recently because he's getting those extra, you know, that those extra five or six minutes. And with him scoring one and a half fantasy points a minute, you know, that translates into an extra nine or ten points and, you know, makes him makes him a safe play to use. So that's the kind of thing that we're looking for at this point of the season. If you can find some of those guys who have motivation and are going to be getting those extra minutes, which translate into extra fantasy points, you're able to fit in a, an expensive option like Harden, which is why he's been a guy I've played, you know, for about a week straight, who you know is going to get those minutes because there are so many other teams that are sitting there stars that there are, you know, ten... Normally during the season, we try to find one or two good three or $4,000 plays to put in our lineup so that we can fit in a superstar. You literally have to look through six or seven different viable options now to pick out the best one of those options 
because it's very easy to fit in these stars, which is why you've seen, you know, 60%, 70% even in tournaments on, on James Harden and DFS the last week or so. Yeah, so the over-under on that game is 205.5, and while it's not the, the biggest of the night, in fact, um, let's see, it's the third, or rather the fourth, so it's right in the middle of the slate in terms of over-under. Um, sure, it's 205, but are is some of that 205 going to be eaten away by the end of the bench or by primarily your starters and your couple guys, your couple mainstays off the bench? And so, again, good breakdown on that. DFS strategy should evolve as the season goes on. We did a good job of talking about that last week, and things have even changed since last week. So, um, good breakdown on that, Benny. Uh, any lasting words of wisdom heading into the last week of the season before we hit the playoffs? You know, like I said, just try to try to be smart about the guys that you're going to pay up for because, you know, like we said with Kyle Lowry before, I don't know if Lowry's going to completely sit out. And, and this goes for a lot of teams that already pretty much have their playoff spot locked up. I'm not saying these guys are going to completely sit out the game, but it's not as likely that you're going to get the maximum amount of minutes out of a guy like Lowry whose team really doesn't have anything to play for. He may still play but he may only play 25 minutes instead of his normal 32 or 33. And unless you're Russell Westbrook getting a triple-double in the third quarter, not playing your full amount of minutes is usually something that causes you not to reach value. So that's why it's so important that you stick to the games that matter. So just keep that in mind. That's going to do it for me and Benny. Good stuff as always. Benny, thanks so much for joining us on this Rotowire Wednesday basketball podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.